Good morning, Pensacola. Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now. should not be here today. I should be studying for my upcoming finals. I should be taking in every moment, every experience as an undergraduate student in my senior year of college. So while I should not be here today, I am. Because 36 hours ago, I, along with most of campus, sought refuge in our rooms. As classmates and professors chanted proudly for the genocide of Jews while igniting smoke bombs and defacing school property. The neighboring university's president immediately released a statement describing this as a brazen display of anti-Semitism. He went on saying, silence in the face of last night's demonstration of anti-Semitism and hate near our doorstep is not an option for me. Well, the doorstep of the neighboring university is in fact Penn. And in fact, Penn's president did choose silence. The neighboring universities present swiftly denounced the incident, and yet our president cannot. So you had a press conference from the Republicans yesterday, Mike Johnson, the Speaker of the House, at which they had four students, four Jewish students, from four different universities, uh, Penn, Harvard Law, MIT, and NYU, get up and talk about the current climate of anti-Semitism on their campuses simply by telling their stories, their experiences, the things that they are encountering on a routine basis while they're just trying to go to school to become lawyer, doctor, mathematician, scientist, business leader, right? They're just trying to get degrees. They're trying to learn. They're trying to go to school and feel safe and not feel like their life or the lives of people who are in their group, Jews, are not at risk. Because the glorious October 7th, and you're a dirty little Jew, you deserve to die, are words said not by Hamas, but by my classmates and professors. And because despite all of this, I am adamant and hopeful that we will not accept, least of all embrace, this horrific new normal on college campuses today. Can you imagine the level of media attention that would be given to anything even remotely close to this if it were aimed at any other racial or sexual or gender minority, right? But when it's Jews, eh. So I'm paying attention, and I'm glad that they had these Kids get up and, I mean, adults, honestly, in some cases, get up and talk about what they are experiencing on campus. 
For the past three weeks inside Houston Hall, our student center, an anti-Semitic headquarters has been erected with signs spreading Hamas propaganda. The organizers, both pen-affiliated and not, were initially asked to leave as they are trespassing on campus property. Well, three weeks later, they are still sleeping there, and countless Jewish students have been harassed, yet the anti-Semitic dormitory remains. Clearly, both a disregard for school policies and permission to disregard them by a university unwilling to do anything. And what I thought was the most compelling about uh, IL's testimony is that, and he was, by the way, you know, he was the least compelling of the four. Okay, uh, we'll we'll share all four of them over the course of the show. He was the least compelling of the four, and what I but the one thing that I liked about him is he said, you know, I grew up in a family, I grew up around Jews, and I grew up around people who had survived the Holocaust, and I grew up around people who said, you know, you never know where it might happen next, and never again, and always be you know always be paying attention, and he basically says, I was laughed at that, I didn't take that seriously at all. Because I thought, that, oh, come on. I mean, come on. Right? That, that, that can't possibly happen here. I refuse to go back to 1939 when Jews had to hide their religious symbols and hide who they are due to the intimidation and harassment of us. I used to think this was nonsense, fear-mongering, until I was made aware that Penn recommended to students, quote, not wear clothing slash accessories related to Judaism. Penn's own recommendations to its students his Jewish students, included, you know, hey, maybe um, don't wear that yarmulke. You know, uh, Star of David, could you come to class without wearing that? Uh, Not that we're telling you you can't, but maybe for your own safety because we're not capable of protecting you on campus and because, you know, there's enough of these crazy people around here that hate Jews that just, I mean, maybe be smarter. You know, you, you maybe be smart. Don't, don't. Don't wear that when you're out on campus. Can you imagine? Hundreds of posters mocking the hostages featuring cows instead of humans adorned Penn's campus two weeks ago. While on my way to class, I was greeted with chalk reading 90% of pigs are gas chambered. As a student, despite what my university says, I do not feel safe. Let me be clear, I do not feel safe. You have clearly anti-Semitic messages being put up, put down on the sidewalk, things on the walls, hostages with cow faces over them. It just, I, yeah. I just want you to hear it. I have nothing. I have, I have nothing to add to these. What they're saying. Luckily, there are policies in place to protect students from the heinous acts I described. Unluckily, the university seems to have no interest in upholding those very policies. It's time for the soul of our university to reclaim its integrity. And it's time for me and my fellow classmates to stop worrying for our lives. Thank you. 517 on News Radio 923. Um, for years, decades even. Conservatives have been raising the alarm about bias and bigotry on campus against conservatives. I think you're seeing a form of that that isn't ideological here, but is anti-Semitic. 
And it's frightening to imagine not, I mean, that it's happening is bad enough. That it's happening with significant enough numbers of people on campuses that people are afraid for their safety. And that these universities either don't know what to do to stop it or are unwilling to do what's necessary to stop it is horrifying. 437-1620, I'm Andrew McKay. Denise has been playing jazz for 40 years. Last concert, one of the musicians fell sick with RSV. Respiratory syncytial virus, or RSV, is a highly contagious virus that can lead to breathing problems. This time, she's choosing to help protect herself with Pfizer's RSV vaccine, Abrisvo. Abrisvo is a vaccine for the prevention of lower respiratory tract disease caused by respiratory syncytial virus, RSV, in adults 60 years of age and older. Abrisvo is not for everyone and may not protect all who receive the vaccine. Don't get Abrisvo if you've had a severe allergic reaction to its ingredients. People with a weakened immune system may have a decreased response to a brisvo. The most common side effects are tiredness, headache, pain at the injection site, and muscle pain. Ask your pharmacist or doctor about Pfizer's RSV vaccine, Abrisvo, respiratory syncytial virus vaccine. For full prescribing information, please call 1-844-989-7284 or visit abrisvo.com. Brought to you by Pfizer. Need urgent care or a walk-in clinic? Go to ProHealth. Post-accident physical to access your PIP money? Go to ProHealth. Drug test, DNA testing? Go to ProHealthFL.com. Affordable lab work or primary care? Go to ProHealth. An affordable Ozempic medical weight loss program? ProHealth is your answer. Does your child need a camp or a sports physical? Only $40 at ProHealth. ProHealth never requires a doctor's order or an appointment. Just walk right in one of their seven locations. Also at ProHealthFL.com. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. This is Jim Grimes from Southern Media wishing you and your family a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. May your Christmas be filled with joy, love, and laughter. This is Jessica with Pensacola's Kia Autosport wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. From all of us at Duncan McCall Advertising, we want to wish you a wonderful Christmas and a Happy New Year. May your Christmas be filled with joy, love, and laughter. This is Sheila Nichols from Pensacola State College wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. More news, more talk with Marley Van Kevin Robbins on at 11, right after the Pensacola Expert Panel on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. Bring out your dead. Here's one. Ninepence. I'm not dead. What? Nothing. Here's your ninepence. I'm not dead. Yeah. He says he's not dead. Yes, he is. I'm not. He isn't? Well, he will be soon. He's very ill. I'm getting better. No, you're not. You'll be stone dead in a moment. He isn't. 
521 on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Good morning. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News. David Wayne is eagerly awaiting my call in the newsroom, ready to leap into action, take his cape off, and save people from misinformation as he ever does, as he does every single day. Well, I'm not leaping at 5 a.m. Right. Yeah, but, but fair enough. But I will leap gingerly eventually. Gingerly stepping with gingerly apprehension stepping. and half-open there eyes. There All right. Much better. Uh, the U.S. Senate has now confirmed 400... <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, confirmed 425 military nominees after Alabama Senator Tommy Tuberville dropped his hold on military confirmations. Uh, he'd had uh, a hold on confirmations for 10 months now because of the Pentagon's abortion policy. Mass shootings in the U.S., uh, they say, are at a record high. The Washington Post out with a report. Uh, they say gu- the gun violence database shows there's been 38 mass shootings with four or more deaths this year, uh, up from last year's record of 36. And uh, a co-founder of Moody Blues and Wings has passed away. Denny Lane uh, helped form the, the Moody Blues in uh, 1964. Scored an early hit with their uh, cover of Bessie Banks' Go Now. He'd left the group in 1967, later joined Paul McCartney in forming Wings in 1971. He died this week at 79. Yeah, David, thanks so much for the update. This Tommy Tuberville thing is, you know how you get yourself into a position where there's there's no win for you anymore? I mean, this was probably a no-win effort from the very beginning, but Tuberville got himself into a position where Everybody thought he was wrong. Except, I mean, the only people who were really defending him anymore were sort of the most single-issue-driven pro-lifers who I think maybe had convinced themselves that, you know, if he just keeps holding out long enough, the Pentagon is going to change their policy on, you know, allowing and subsidizing travel and time off for leave to procure abortions out of state for service members who are stationed in places where they can't procure them themselves. Uh, which is absolutely a violation of the principle of the Hyde Amendment and probably the letter of it, but it is, you know, long since, or it has under this administration been the policy. Um, Was he trying to accomplish something right? Yes. Did he accomplish anything at all? No. And he's still holding up, what, 11, 12, 13? I guess the number is not clear. I'm not sure why. Um, You know, high-level four-star, and I think maybe some three-star appointments. But, you know, everybody else... You know, has gone through and and yesterday he he basically said, well, it was a draw. It's not a draw, sir. Nobody, I mean, the military lost, the people who were blocked lost. You didn't accomplish anything other than make you know kind of pitching a fit over an issue. I agree with you about, but this did not turn out to be any effective way to make that happen. So, uh, yeah, I don't I don't know how you call that a draw, <laughs> unless you can say, well, you know, they beat us forty two to three, but you know, it's a draw. Because, you know, we only lost one. I don't I don't know. It's just it, very, very bizarre. Uh, 625 here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. You may recall, I hope you do, I hope this is not any kind of news to you, but um, we had an event, a horrible, terrible, awful event take place here uh, four years ago. And in that event, you had a terrorist living among us, training at NAS Pensacola, decided to go buy a gun, bring it on campus, and start trying to kill people and disrupt, my view anyway, uh, disrupt the training pipeline for uh, naval aviators, military aviators. And in the process, you had to have, you know, Navy, 
police respond and uh, Scambia County Sheriff and PPD and in the end wind up killing three people, wounding several others. The um, There were many heroes that day. The most uh, well-known hero from that day was Sergeant Mike Hoyland, who winds up being the guy who actually shot and killed the terrorist on board NAS Pensacola uh, four years ago this morning. Then they came up on the radio and they said, we believe he has an AR-15. Okay. So I'm holding my, you know, my pistol and I'm thinking, you know, like in Jaws, we're going to need a bigger boat. Yeah. I'm going to need, you know, I need a rifle. I looked across to Deputy Housem and I said, I'm going to need your rifle because I knew I was going in. I was going to be the first one going in. Okay. I, my training and all that. I'm the, you know, the one best prepared to go in first. And exactly right. And you know, when he doesn't have that kind of a weapon, when they responded to the scene, he says, "You give me yours because I'm the one who's best able to use it." And he absolutely was. Once we got up to the door, and it was myself and Deputy Housem and Deputy Keebler. Um, I, like I said, I've been in law enforcement a long time. I've done a lot of shooting. I've been around a lot of shooting. I've been shot at. But those were the loudest shots being fired inside that building that I've ever heard. And that's when it clicks in that, you know, this is completely real. This is 100%. This Absolutely. Is so, again, that was four years ago. God, it seems like it simultaneously feels a little bit like it was just yesterday. You know how th- sometimes things, events can feel that way? And, uh, like, it was... A decade ago, you know, because and remember the consequences of this apart from killing three sailors and wounding several others uh, and apart from being, you know, one of the most significant terrorist attacks on American soil that had happened since 9-11. Right. There aren't very many of those. But, um, you know, shut down the base for three years. We didn't have access to the base except under certain special circumstances. And, uh, you know, change life forever for so many people who live on the base and come through the base and train on the base and affected, um, you know, millions and millions and millions of dollars of tourism money that didn't happen because they could, people didn't have access to the museum and the Blue Angels. I mean, this was this was no small thing. So this morning, I just, you know, I want to take a second to remember, actually take more than just a second to remember, uh, to honor those who serve and served and continue to serve and protect us and will respond at a moment's notice and run towards the gunfire and do the best they can to stop it and make sure that the rest of us are safe. Uh, thank you to our law enforcement, to our military personnel, and uh, our community doesn't ever forget these kinds of things. 528 on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Supreme Court this week, uh, I think it was yesterday, actually, heard. I haven't listened to the oral arguments yet, so I can't speak super knowledgeably about it. But basically, a case that could be worth, they say, trillions of dollars <laughs> to the United States government. And the short version of the significance of this is it has to do with realized income or not realized income being taxed as income when you own a portion of a foreign company. And the details here, of course, are what are going to matter, but you've got a basically this couple that owned part of a company in India, and then when the repatriated tax, I forget the rule name exactly that Trump put in, uh, they took, they took, it cost them $15,000. And they said, well, you're taxing us on our equity in a company that hasn't actually paid us any income. You in a foreign country, you can't do that. And because the 16th Amendment is supposed to be on income, your justification is to tax income. Well, it's not income. 
Well, if you can't tax anything in this zone, you have so much tax revenue that comes from this kind of stuff or things that are kind of in this vicinity. Like if the Supreme Court says, no, they can't do this, I mean, genuinely, hundreds of billions of dollars of revenue the United States government wouldn't be able to collect. Now, maybe it doesn't have the justification to collect that money. Maybe they interpret the law, which is their job. It's not their job to say, oh, my God, hundreds of billions of dollars. We can't rule a certain way. Right. I mean, that's not their job. Their job is to decide what the law actually says. Um, it's going to be it likely if my read based on not listening to the arguments is they're likely to uphold it probably on a fairly narrow ruling. Um, but this is a huge tax case with massive implications for revenue in the United States. Again, on whether you can be taxed on kind of your interest in a company as opposed to the actual revenue that they pay you. Fox News, MCJ Papa, multiple shootings across central Texas leave several people dead. It started at Northeast Early College High School in Austin. A gunman shot a cop in what authorities are saying a targeted, unprovoked attack. The officer shot in the leg will be okay, say officials. An hour later, Austin 911 received multiple calls for help. When police arrived on the scene, they found a man and woman with obvious signs of trauma. One was pronounced dead on the scene while the other died at the hospital. The suspect went on to shoot a cyclist, and that happened right before they engaged with police who were responding to a burglary in progress at a home in Austin. Fox with Brooke Singman reporting. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, former UN Ambassador Nikki Haley, Vivek Ramaswamy, and Chris Christie ready for tonight's fourth debate in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Former President Trump will skip the event again. America is listening to Fox News. Good morning. It's 531 at News Radio 923. I'm David Wayne. Right now, 47 degrees. It is uh, mostly clear skies right now in Pensacola. The Pensacola Beach Chamber of Commerce celebrated their end of the year last night with an island holiday bash. About 100 folks gathered over at Whiskey Joe's on the boardwalk for the event. Chamber President Meg Peltier reflects on the year. Oh my gosh, it's been an amazing year. We've had, I have to think about this first, we had Taste of the Beach, which was very successful. We had the um, 2023 Air Show and Fourth of July fireworks. This fall we had the Art and Wine Festival and Taste of the Beach. We just had our Surf and Santa Beach Parade last week. And this weekend on December 9th we'll have our... Um, the lighted boat parade, which got postponed because of the weather, so that will be this Saturday. And uh, they also announced their business of the year, which this year was Bamboo Willies. The uh, chairman of the board special recognition went to Charlene and Charlie Powell, and they uh, recognized their ambassadors, who she says work hard all year. Governor Ron DeSantis announcing more than a billion dollars in tax relief this year. DeSantis unveiled his 2024 budget proposal yesterday, which he says will reduce debt by cutting government jobs and offer tax breaks on necessities like all baby items and over-the-counter pet medication. The pet food has a tax holiday for this fiscal year. We made permanent this year all the tax relief on baby items. So none of the items that people need, none of that is taxed in Florida anymore. The focus on Florida's future budget also proposes a record of nearly $28 billion towards K-12 public education and $1.25 billion towards teacher salary increases. Mayor D.C. Reeves has made no secret about what his top legislative priority is. That's to secure funding for the expansion of the Pensacola International Airport. While the design phase for the new terminal is already underway, the city's also working towards adding 400 more parking spaces that are badly needed there. 
Reeves says there's currently 3,400 parking spaces, which is exactly what the city's current master plan had in mind for the year 2032. That doesn't uh, take away someone's frustration of not finding a parking space, but I think it does bring some perspective to understand that by this summer we will be 11 years ahead of what was expected we would need for parking. And by adding the 400 spaces in the summer, the new total of 3,800 will be what the master plan called for in 2035. Two people now facing charges after a flight out of Orlando had to make an emergency landing in Jacksonville yesterday. An incident started with an argument between a man and a woman on the airplane. The decision to land the plane was made after one of them used the word bomb in that argument. The FBI was there when the plane landed. Both were placed in handcuffs and escorted off the plane. Passengers say the flight was canceled and rescheduled for today. It's 534. Let's get a look at our Channel 3 forecast. It is going to be a chilly day today. Temperatures topping out near 57 degrees in the afternoon. Mostly sunny skies. Overnight tonight, temperatures getting on the cooler side. Temperatures dropping near 38 degrees. For Thursday, mostly sunny skies. High near 59. Thursday night, temperatures dropping near 50. We'll have a chance of rain as we go into our Friday. 10% overall. Otherwise, mostly sunny skies. High near 67. Friday night, temperatures dropping near 63. Stay connected to Channel 3 News First Warning Weather Team. Download the WEAR-TV weather app. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Warning Weather Center. And right now, 47 in Pensacola, 48 in Gulf Breeze, and 46 in Milton. Our next news at 6 and breaking news anytime. I'm David Wayne, News Radio 92.3. Hi, this is Tom Bodette from Manger 6. We know you've been traveling a lot this holiday season, and you've probably been told there's no room at the end. Well, that's just not the case here at Manger 6. This is Jeff Wayne, General Sales Manager, wishing you a very Merry Christmas and a super Happy New Year. Hi, I'm Morgan, Promotion Assistant for Cat Country, wishing you a Happy Holidays and a Merry Christmas. This is Tom Bodette from Manger 6 reminding you there's always room at this end. We'll even leave a star out for you. Now it's time for another tip from ADX Digital, your comprehensive digital marketing partners. We are the Gulf Coast's premier local digital marketing partner. Did you know every campaign we create is done right here from our radio studio office right here in Pensacola? Locally customized, locally designed, locally planned, locally executed, and locally optimized for your success by our team of media marketing professionals that really know Northwest Florida and South Alabama. Our team makes sure your campaign contains the most attention-getting display and video elements and the most advanced targeting to make sure your marketing budget is used in the most effective way possible. We are ADX Digital, your comprehensive digital marketing partners, your team of trusted media professionals under the same roof of the radio names you know and love like Cat Country 98.7, News Radio 92.3, ESPN Pensacola, and Pensacola's Playlist. Begin your partnership with ADX Digital today by emailing connect at adxdigitalmarketing.com. ADX Digital, your comprehensive digital marketing partners. Hi, I'm Terrence A. Gross. As many of you know, I am a local board-certified personal injury lawyer, and I have practiced in this community for almost 40 years. Our law firm handles only people that have been injured due to the negligence of another. Join me this Wednesday at 1030 on Pep Talk as we discuss all aspects of personal injury law. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. 
Gulf Coast businesses are estimated to lose over $100,000 to email scams. I'm Nathan with Data Revolution, and this is your cybersecurity tip of the month. It's the season of giving, but criminals know you are more likely to click a malicious link if it looks like a good deal. Be wary of all marketing emails, and your bank account will thank you. Businesses along the Gulf Coast trust Data Revolution for their cybersecurity and communications needs. Google Data Revolution Pensacola for more information. Pensacola right now from 4 till 7, right before Dave Ramsey on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News. Yesterday, we had a chance to talk to Escambia County Sheriff Chip Simmons. Sheriff, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Good morning, Andrew. How are you? Oh, man, I'm great. It's always good to have you. And it's into December now. Can you believe it? I can't believe we're almost done with 2023. Yeah, That's crazy. I can believe that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. So uh, You've been waiting for Christmas, right? Have you? So Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, a couple of instances I want to talk about. One was we had a hit and run uh, up on uh, US-29, and the pedestrian that got hit was in critical condition. What do we know about this case? Uh, or is that an I FHP? I don't know anything about this case. Is that yeah, an FHP? FHP? Yeah, oh, okay. Have patrol, would you know, it's, it's funny. As many times as I remind people of who's got jurisdiction over what, <laughs> I still sometimes make the mistake of asking about somebody else's case. So um, what can you tell me about this Okaloosa case, though? Uh <laughs> <laughs> happens um but we do have one that was uh, in escambia that y'all dealt with uh the cheerleading coach at pine forest high school said around at brooks hill um god this is a weird story it's a weird story but uh the, as i understand it we had uh two amounts of money totaling seven thousand dollars like twenty five hundred dollars and you know whatever the rest would be to make up seven thousand and some change and um they were raising money um, through a cheerleader camp to eventually pay for, for trainers to come in from various colleges. They have come in and, and hold other camps. Um, and the money was supposed to have been collected and then turned into the bookkeeper at Pine Forest High School. Well, whenever the head, vars- the head cheerleader coach decides, hey, I'm going to pay these people to come in and put on a camp for our cheerleaders, she finds out there's no money in the account. So go back to the bookkeeper. Bookkeeper says, I never got the money. And lo and behold, um, uh, the individual has has collected the money, was supposed to turn it in, never turned it in, was given plenty of opportunities. We, have, we were in conversation with the school district. They just wanted their money back, which which I get. Right. Um, so there was there were plenty of opportunities. We held off until they, they could see if they could get the money back. Uh, it became apparent to all of us that um, there was no money to be gotten going back. To be, it was gone. going to be taken back. Uh, we did a search warrant, found out that the money was indeed taken, uh, you know, collected, and then it was disseminated to family and friends. It looks like, mm. and um, so she was charged with uh, the theft, of that grand theft of that of that property. So it just seems like we've had a number of cases sort of in this vicinity over the last couple of years. What what can small organizations like a cheerleading team or a school or whatever you know what can they do to prevent this kind of stuff? I mean, I'm I'm assuming have a second person, have a treasurer, have you know two party. I, I mean, I just don't know. It just seems like the kind of thing that could very easily happen at a lot of organizations. 
when I used to run a ballpark I, for, for five years, I was a park president for Inslee Sports Association, uh, but I was also involved in cantonment sports. And, and you have to have uh, some sort of an audit. You have to have, as you since said, uh, a board of directors, a president, vice mm-hmm. president, secretary, treasurer, and then not one person handles all the money. You know, this person would get it and then it would sign off on it, another person would sign off on it. We used to have that issue um, you know, years back at concession stands because it's almost mm. always a cash business. Yeah. And then you have to you have to count the number of French fries and you have to estimate how many fries were sold and how much money you should have. And then then you go to each coach and you talk about how much, you know, in football in particular, you you know, how much do you have with the jersey money and, mm-hmm. and cheerleading is a big, big yeah. big operation. Very um, expensive. That, that yeah. their, their uniforms are hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And so they do these fundraisers they do whether it's a car wash or what some sort of a camp they go to or just a, a solicitation for for money um so i think when you're dealing with money especially loose money like you know a cash i think that uh, you need to make sure that you have these controls over it where one person is is not really i mean you don't have to accuse somebody right obviously but you need to let lay the the basically let them know that these are the rules and this is how we're going to handle this particular fundraising thing Andrew McKay is going to collect the money. You're going to collect the money. Give it to me. I'll give you a receipt. We'll make sure we got the same amount of money. Then we'll one of us will turn into the bank, and then we verify the next day or the next, you know, couple of days that that money was indeed placed into the into the account. And in this case, it had been, um, you know, some time, and then they try to get them to turn it back in. Right. Yeah. I mean, all it, it seems very straightforward, but that's why you know a lot of times this stuff happens, and that's you know just giving some people advice to think about this if they're running organizations is kind of what I wanted mm-hmm. you to do, which you did, of course. Uh, we also had a more uh, far more serious case. We had a murder, and uh, the suspect had fled out of the state. Right? Is that what happened here? Yeah, this is a felony murder case. Uh, as as you recall, felony murder is something. If you start, if you set something in motion by committing a felony, if you and I go together, say, hey, let's go and commit a felony, and someone gets killed as a result of that, I or you, whoever does the, I drive the, you to the convenience you know, store. You yeah. go in and commit the murder. I'm a felony accomplice to that right. murder. Yeah, the person should pulls the trigger. But even if you didn't pull the trigger, if you set it up, if you you were a part of it, you can be charged with felony murder. And that's what happened in this case. Uh, three members of the same family decided they would go. Uh, to a location on, I guess, North Tarragona and, and buy some marijuana. Um, someone grabs it and flees. They chase them and end up getting shot. And so that's, you know, they're going to, um, you know, to, to buy drugs and mm-hmm. then someone gets shot and killed. Now, we're still looking for the person that pulled the trigger. We have warrants. We know who the person was that, that set up the deal and that, that ran with the drugs and then, and then basically ordered someone else to start firing at, okay. at these people. Um, that's the one that who, you talked who, about, Fled. Who was the who got shot? The people setting up the buy or the seller? The the sellers. The sellers came there to, um, as I understand it, the sellers came there to do a drug deal. Okay. And then someone grabbed the drugs and ran around the house. They followed him. Okay. And then they were shot. One oh, of them okay. Was shot and killed. Okay. The, the one that was following. So it was set up to be a robbery and then to kill the people if they they chased them, basically. Okay. Uh, it was a, yeah a, a theft of the drugs and then then okay. just to shoot. So it sounds like a, a, that type of a setup. I don't okay. know if they intended to do it initially or if it just turned out. But that it way. certainly happened okay. that way. But but then he decides to leave. He, as I understand it, he's driving around Roanoke, Alabama, wherever that is, and um, you know he has no ID, no phone, no nothing. But a a, a law enforcement officer stops him. Uh, does some pretty good work, actually. Um, didn't have his name or anything. But he starts Googling one of the first names he gave him and finds out he, there's a person with that name was wanted in Scambia County on a felony murder charge mm-hmm. and ends up cuffing him. And um, we're, we're supposed to go up there today, probably have a conversation with him, and then eventually he'll come here to Scambia County. 
to okay. face the music. Yeah, well, I mean, good work by them. I mean, mm-hmm. outstanding work by them. Uh, I did want to ask you, Sheriff, this uh, Thursday, we've got the Board of County Commissioners are having a meeting, and they're going to be taking up the uh, the median ordinance that your legal department and the county's legal department had worked on, uh, what some people would think of as the panhandling ordinance. Um, are you planning to go? Because, I mean, this is one that, that you have said you support, you, be, you have been wanting to have something that was constitutionally enforceable. Um, are you going to, I mean, are you going to go to the meeting and advocate for this and explain why it's useful or were you planning on it? Yeah, I wasn't planning on going okay. to the meeting. I've had conversations with a number of the commissioners. We, our legal team has had a conversation with their legal team. What I, what I told them was if they were to, uh, to pass this ordinance and, and once the effective date comes around, we will, we will do our best to enforce it. I just want to remind everyone, all it deals with is an ordinance that's less than six feet a median, a median, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's, I mean, I'm sorry, that's sixty, which is mostly a concrete type or uh, median, mm-hmm. which is kind of kind of small area. It's not going to stop them from standing on a sidewalk. It's not going to stop them from holding a sign. It's not going to stop them from asking for money. So, it's, but it's so a start. At, so like Davis and uh, Olive, it would stop it in the median, in the but it wouldn't the stop them on the like corner, right? Right. Because that's not impeding traffic in the same way. That's correct. Got it. Yeah. Okay. It's not as dangerous on the outside, on the sidewalk. It's a sidewalk, so people could walk on it, so it's not danger to mm-hmm. be there. It shouldn't be a danger to be there. So uh, this deals basically with just the the median, the concrete, typically the concrete uh, area that is relatively small. And we, we've we've remarked a couple of those, uh, or marked a couple of those uh, medians that we can start the start the enforcement. But it's going to recall. We have to watch it through two cycles. We have to do a number of different things, but. Uh-huh. But we believe it's a start, and and once we get this, uh, this underway, and we start to let make sure they understand you can't do this, mm-hmm. and then we'll work with the county commission on saying let's let's start tightening up these other ordinances, and so that, that we can stop what 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 we seem to be seeing on the street. Very good. I know um, you had a couple of things go on. One is that yesterday you had your employee luncheon, which is the thing I know you like to do to recognize, honor, and feed the uh, <laughs> current former cops, right? Yeah, the Escambia County Sheriff Foundation uh, supplied the food and or, or the money for the food um, for our employee annual employee luncheon yesterday. We typically have it on December the sixth, which is the date that um, we, we have the terrorist attack at right. Principal NAS that our uh, brave, brave men and women at the Sheriff's Office. Which, I, which so I was going to well. ask you about that too, but yeah, yeah go ahead. Right, and, didn't want to have the same date as that. I, pr- I right. Presume. Well, it it worked out better on a Monday. Okay. Um. So we had, we also invite our retirees. Um, I really wanted to be more open to those who have worked and who have built the sheriff's office. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm I understand that um, you know the sheriff's office wasn't built in a day. Mm-hmm. You know, and since 1821, we continue to get better. And why I wanted the people that that uh, served 20, 30, sometimes 40 years to come out there and, and just interact with with their their agency, the agency that they retired from. I I think the worst thing we could do is just shut the door and say thank you for 30 years of serving our community. Don't come back. We don't mm-hmm. want to see you anymore. We want to hear about you. We don't do any of that. I think that that's. Uh, I think that's a mistake. I think we can learn from those who came before us, uh, and I think that they really get a kick out of coming and seeing the changes mm-hmm. and seeing the people that they work with. Many times, the people that they have trained who are now in supervisory roles. I. I, I just think it's a. It kind of builds on that family atmosphere. Absolutely, and I mean they're a part of a, an institutional legacy. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know how many times do you see like Professor Emeritus? I mean you have Cop Emeritus, right? right? I mean you have, they have great knowledge. You've brought them in for and like the, the stories cold, that they tell, the stories, the Some cold case stuff. So. Yeah, I mean it doesn't matter whether it's true or not. Well, it's they're, all, they're all true. They're a little <laughs> embellished. There's a know. truth in yeah. there, right? No, I mean I I love that you're you know including them not just as a hey we care about them, but they're actually a part of the ongoing yeah. legacy of the uh, uh, the agency. You also speaking of that. Uh, my Milestone last night, right? 
Uh, absolutely. We are so excited. Last night we had a, the graduation for our very first Sheriff's Office Training Academy. So we had 19. Uh, they were recruits, and now they are sheriff's deputies. So uh, Pastor Gordon Godfrey was kind enough to let us, because we knew we'd have a pretty good crowd, uh, he allowed us to use the Marcus Point facility, and so we were able to give them, I gave them um, an opportunity that they had a loved one or a, a friend or a mentor pin the star on their chest, oh, that's cool. and then they all raised their hand. I, I administered the oath of office. Um, so we have, uh, Skimba County, you have 19 brand new deputies uh, sworn and certified to hit the streets probably starting today. Outstanding. You guys are fine. You, the, your first class of self-trained here in Escambia County. Right. The very the very first time that we're training our own. And and, and it, the reason that we were able to do a little quicker is because we did. We incorporated our policies, our procedures, our standards, our core values. Mm-hmm. And, and to, to see uh, the sense of pride on, on not just their fam their uh, face, but also the family's face. Is, well, is yeah, just I mean, you, really you don't great. have to you know re-educate them out of the academy for Escambia County because the academy is Escambia County. That makes perfect sense how that would shorten that exactly. timeline. It was a long road to get here. If you recall, we yeah. had to we we had to go through a lot of lo- a lot of hoops, and uh, I, I drove down to South Florida myself and had to explain answer questions about why we can do it, if we could do it, why it's necessary, and we were able to do that. And and then the very first ones always got some. You know some tricky points, but I will tell you that the the men and women that put this thing on did a fantastic job, and and so I I've told them that you gotta have about three weeks of rest, and we start another academy in January. <laughs> right. You know, and and then we're gonna probably overlap the next two academies. So okay. we're gonna continue to get the men and women, um, you know, that want to be in law enforcement, get them trained up and get them out on the streets so we, they can serve our community. I did want to give you a chance before we go, uh, just in the last minute here, but uh, anything you want to say, as you said, it is the anniversary of the Anas Pensacola terrorist attack, which, of course, your agency was very, very heavily involved in and uh, crucial, really, to stopping. Uh, but on the anniversary, anything you want to tell people that's Wednesday? That's tomorrow? Yeah, I, I, again, it's it's a day that we always remember, certainly those of us who actually were there and, 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 you know, experienced the, the immediate aftermath and, and heard it on the radio, heard it go out. Um, I, again, I, I want to remind everyone that when the call was made, the members of the Scammon County Sheriff's Office uh, rushed to the scene. They rushed to the aid um, of those who were there at, at, in that building. Um, uh, we'll put out a little video, a quick little video like we do every year, just to remind people that of the heroism, of the courage, uh, commitment and professionalism of the, the men and women of the Escambia County Sheriff's Office. Um, you know, we, as you recall, we had two of our deputies shot. Right. There was a third um, uh, NAS police officer shot, and then obviously the tragedy that, that, that took the lives of three three people there at the at the Navy base. So it's not something that we forget. It's something that the people continue to ask us about. Um, I'm, again, very proud of of how we handled it. I think it's just part of being you know uh, in law enforcement. It's part of loving our community. It's part of serving our community. Absolutely. Sheriff Chip Simmons, Escambia County Sheriff, sir, as always, thank you for keeping us safe. Uh, thanks for doing what you do to uh, inform the community and for spending some time with us. We'll talk to you again next week. You bet. Y'all take care. Absolutely. 552 here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. If you have a company, you have employees, you have to deal with benefits, you have to deal with HR, you have to deal with payroll. And these are typically, you know, these are not the things that you got into business to do. You didn't decide, you know what I want to do? I want to um, I want to have a manufacturing company and I really look forward to handling insurance benefits. <laughs> like no, probably not, right? Because if you'd have really liked doing that, then you would have gone into business doing that. Typically, if you're a business owner, you hate that stuff. That stuff bothers you, irritates you, frustrates you, whatever. So 
you have somebody else do it. Or, you know, you wish you could, but you've been kind of doing it in-house. Either way, this is why you call Torgerson Causey. Because just like you got into manufacturing or law or auto repair or, you know, putting in IT, whatever, they got into it because they like this stuff. They like the stuff you hate. That's why you want to use them, okay? We've been using them here at News Radio for uh, and Cat Country for about six or seven years now, and they've been great. They came in, they gave us options on our healthcare that we did not have before. They made life better in that regard, and they have always been fantastic at customer service, giving us information, even the de- most detailed kind of information that we would ask. So I recommend them. Torgerson Causey, more than 20 years here helping local businesses like yours function better and give your employees better options and help you manage things as well. 433-9996 or check them out online at tcbenefitsgroup.com. Did you receive a call or message that mentioned Social Security and demanded immediate action? Did the caller know your Social Security number or other personal information and tell you that your Social Security number had been used in connection with the crime? Did you feel worried that your Social Security number might be suspended, your bank account might be frozen or seized, or you could be arrested? That is not the Social Security Administration. Social Security will not threaten you, demand your personal information or instant payment email or text you pictures or documents, or use a real government official's name to gain your trust. Social Security does not accept payments by gift card, prepaid debit card, internet currency, or by mailing cash. Criminals use these forms of payment because they are hard to trace. Do not be fooled. Hang up. Ignore them. Report this criminal activity to the Social Security Administration Office of the Inspector General at oig.ssa. Gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. As a business owner, you have a lot on your plate from managing staff, growing your business, training new hires, and more. With so much going on, you need Avalon. As an IRS certified PEO, Avalon HR can help from running your payrolls, remitting state and federal taxes, helping with COVID employee retention credits, workers' compensation insurance, employee benefits, and their HR expertise. Avalon HR lets you focus on your core business while we handle the rest. Avalon HR, employing made easy. Looking for unique and one-of-a-kind gift ideas this holiday season? Look no further. Berman Proper, an amazing gift shop nestled in Gulf Breeze Proper, has a wide selection of gifts, custom engraving, and local products. They also have one of the largest selections of coastal Christmas ornaments and decor that you need to see. Berman Proper has gifts for everyone on your list, including yourself. Furman Proper is located in your neighborhood Walmart shopping center in Gulf Breeze Proper and online at priminproper.com. The Port of Pensacola is more than just a name. It's a powerhouse of economic opportunities, a strategic location that sparks growth and prosperity, contributing significantly to the local and regional economy with 23 incredible businesses that call this port home. Big names like C-Max Materials, GE Wind Energy, Pensacola Bay Oysters, and soon the prestigious American Magic Sailing Team. Since 1754, the Port of Pensacola has been the driving force behind Northwest Florida's economic success. Explore more at portofpensacola.com. Never miss a breaking news story or important weather update again. Download the News Radio Pensacola app and opt in for push notifications. Shooter incident, approximately 6.30 a.m. We got the call. There's an active shooter in one of our buildings. The base is currently shut down. The active shooter has been 
neutralized. Um, we are working with local law enforcement and with the FBI uh, in our actions afterwards. Uh, as I said, the base is shut down. It'll be shut down until further notice, until we can um, really understand the situation. But the important thing is that the, uh, it is no longer an active shooter situation. We do have several deceased and several wounded. Um, my heart goes out to those families of the deceased and of the wounded. They're part of the Navy family. Um, they are, are they're part of us. Um, and our heart goes out to those of you who, have, uh, who may be affected by this tragedy. Um, as I said, we're working with local county law enforcement um, and federal entities. Like it was just last week for some of us. I, I still vividly remember all of this happening four years ago today. Uh, that was, of course, Lucky Tim, uh, Captain uh, Tim Kinsliff from the base, base commander, call sign Lucky. Um, we just, you know, we didn't know what was happening, but it was awful. It was terrible. One of the only terrorist attacks on domestic soils after 9-11 right here at NES Pensacola four years ago to sit today. 5.57 on News Radio 92.3. David Wayne's in the newsroom with our headlines. David? Fierce battles are being reported between Israel and Hamas in southern Gaza today. Witness reports say uh, Israeli warplanes are bombing targets across the coast in Gaza. Tanks also rolling into southern Gaza where troops there are battling uh, Palestinian militants. The Israeli military says they're going to great lengths to avoid harming civilians. The Hollywood actors have officially voted to ratify their contract. The move means the longest labor battle in Hollywood history is now over. Uh, they had that 118-day strike followed by uh, uh, by SAG-AFTRA, and then uh, that was suspended after their agreement was reached in early November. And the father of serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer has died. Lionel Dahmer, of course, he claimed his son was not born a monster, said he loved him unconditionally after his convictions uh, for 17 murders. Uh, he wrote that book then where he acknowledged his obliviousness to his son's behaviors. He died yesterday at 87. All right, David, thanks so much for the update. Um John Kerry is uh, taking his war on climate emissions polluters to your AC unit in your refrigerator. <laughs> you you, somebody, you know, the, the, one of the more common things that I see on, uh, on social media right now is um, it's hard to write comedy in an environment where the reality is so much funnier than anything you could possibly invent. So here's, here's the reality of the day. So what they're saying is, as the earth continues to warm up, more and more people, especially in the developing world, will acquire the ability to do air conditioning. And because the air is getting hotter, the world is getting hotter, they're going to use air conditioning more. So they got to stop that because that just compounds the cycle. Stream us at newsradio923.com. Newsradio 923. WNRP Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola. 